Welcome to the Sports Equity Podcast. Here we talk to special guests from teams, brands, and agencies to discuss the value that sports brings to business through current trends and best practices with your host, Brett Weisbrot. Today we have a graduate from the University of Miami who entered professional sports with the expansion of Florida Panthers, then spending time with Octagon and UFC activating brands to now leading global partnerships for MGM Resorts International and also finding a new chapter of Wise in Las Vegas. Today we welcome Brett Sattler to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. So, uh, University of Miami, a fan myself, been season ticket holder for 10 years. What was it like actually going to the University of Miami? So, I have to say I was there during the heyday. Uh, it, was, it was really exciting to, literally, we took tri-rail and we went to the Orange Bowl. So, it was a full, full experience. Um, some of the best memories with the crew team that I was on and, and just literally all of us piling in and, and heading down to watch football. Um, it was, I graduated in three years, but it's only because I found these really great opportunities to go to summer school and intercessions and things like that. And I was just so excited to kind of get out in the workforce, but truly an amazing, amazing time um, with all those championships and, and really just all the excitement in South Florida around the, the hurricanes. And, and what would you say was your biggest takeaway at the time? You know, I, I transitioned from being a student athlete into the athletic department. So it was a really interesting way to see a sport from the athlete side of you and then to see it on a business side. And our, our, my main, I guess, job at the time was setting up all the tailgating and VIP experiences for our sponsors and partners. So that was from being inside the the venue and the stadium to cheering everyone to then being on the outside with radios and credentials and, you know, carrying things and setting up. Uh, it was definitely a, a, a flip of, of everything that I had experienced for the first two years. So, you know, you mentioned championship years a second ago here, you know, what mm-hmm. was it like that 1991 national football championship year as both a student and a contributor in the sports department, what was it like to be involved? You know, the the adrenaline was amazing and, and the, the friends that I met during that time who then turned into coworkers are literally, you know, what I consider my family today. So there's so many people that I am still in touch with that are, are truly have have molded where I am now. So they will always have a special place in my heart. Um, I think the most exciting thing for me was that when we went to the Sugar Bowl, um, the entire department was flown on a charter to watch the game, but my friend Stacy Ostrow and I were interns, so everybody kind of pulled together, and Delta gate got us first class tickets. <laughs> um, so her and I actually ended up going because our team felt like, hey, these girls have worked their butts off this whole time, and they're not getting to go to the national championship game. So it was really um, heartfelt that everybody you know, decided that, hey, we can't, you know, live this experience without them. And so that really meant a lot to us. And then what was even funnier is that the charter got stuck on um, the tarmac and Stacy and I were literally first class on our way to, uh, to New Orleans. So it was just a really exciting time. 
and 30 years later, you're still traveling across the country to see each other. Yes. That's great. Correct. So you parlay that experience into joining at the time, the inaugural 1993 NHL Florida Panthers. Um, I remember being a fan at the time, what a craze it was, you know, back when we used to use the Metro rail to go down the Miami arena, the games. Yeah. You know, how did this opportunity come about? So during the time um, at University of Miami in 1992, that's when the Marlins started. So a lot of people at Miami actually went and worked for the Marlins, including Stacy that I was talking about, but they couldn't take everybody, right? So um, a lot of the team went to go work for the Marlins. And then I continued to just volunteer with the Marlins because they were asking for additional help, you know, depending on what was ever going on, whether it was game days or um, grassroots programs or whatever. So I had an opportunity to stay within the, what we consider the Heisinga family. Yep. Um, and then through that, as the Florida Panthers came about um, and with Wayne owning both as well as the Dolphins, it was just kind of a natural segue that you met all of those same people. So from there, I actually was introduced to Bill Beck. Bill Beck at the time was leading all the season ticket holder sales what we called the, the bullpen. Um, and it was a commission only sales, ticket sales basis. And I um, took them up on that opportunity and uh, the rest is history. I, I kind of aligned back with the sponsorship department with Kim Terranova, Declan Bolger and Steve Dangerfield. So ticketing promotions and, um, and sponsorship because all the same sponsors that were the partners at the Miami Hurricanes were very similar to what we had at the Panthers. That's great so, to hear Declan's name, too. I got to work with him when he was at the MLS League office. So yeah. still making his mark in the industry. It's always great to yeah, hear those yeah. names. So, you know, the team had amazing strides. Both of Heizanga's teams in the first five years had amazing strides. But more talking about the Panthers, both on and off the ice. What was mm -hmm. the transition like when you moved further north to Sunrise into a new building? So it was interesting. I mean, we were the redheaded stepchild to begin with in South Florida because we were kind of the last people, you know, to arrive as far as the four majors and being at the Miami arena under the shadow or in the shadow of the Miami heat was a real challenge for us. And I say us, I, I'm speaking to me personally, I was, you know, the one hanging the dashboards and painting the ice and really doing the grunt work at that time. So I, I specifically remember working very closely with Miami arena operations. These are people that will go down in history with me, Brian Babin and, um, Juan Rodriguez and and Kim Stone and all of these people that were truly trying to make the Panthers lives easy but in a very challenging um kind of setup based on where the heat you know we were the secondary tenant so once we moved to South to uh, Sunrise it was like a whole new world we finally had our own home you know I was involved with construction and walkthroughs and showing the space to our partners and having them pick out their signage and their seats and their their build outs and their integration so it was really a, an amazing opportunity to see that from the ground up and when you first opened up the building what was the name of the Broward County Civic Arena well that was National Car Rental Center it was Office Depot center at one time then it was bank united so went from you know building a new building to changing the name three times which in and of itself is is a task so so the only thing you missed was seeing the teal seats get ripped out <laughs> yes um so after you guys moved in you know 98 99 after you guys moved in what was the biggest challenges for you once you settled in 
You know, I, I mean, I thought it was a whole, it was amazing for us. We had our new home, you know, it was the shiny new toy in South Florida. We got tons of, of traffic from the North um, more than we had had from the South. I, I feel like, um, so to us, we were finally, our home was in Broward County where every other stadium and venue was, was in Miami-Dade. So I thought it was, it really played into our favor and allowed us to expand, you know, to Boca and, and Palm Beach counties. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I remember over the years when the Olympics were on that Palm Beach actually had the highest ratings in the state for hockey. So I'm sure those fans help impact, you know, move mm -hmm. to Broward versus coming all the way down to Miami. Who during this, you were there, what, 12 years, give or take, who would you say impacted your career the most during that period? Gosh, um, I have to say, you know, our leadership, you know, everyone from, from Dean Jordan to, again, Kim, Declan, Steve, you know, all of these leaders were, were truly, you know, people that allowed these young leaders to, to emerge. Um, we were truly a family, like, and I was talking about it just recently with, with some of the Florida folks that were that we had just kind of had dinner with and you know it was an experience when you're with the wayne housing family you were just family like it's it's interesting because a lot of the heat staff who i know and have worked with in the past it's a very different relationship than what i have with someone who's worked at the panthers marlins or dolphins even if we never even touched or worked together when you say you've worked for one of those organizations you immediately feel this housing a family bond um and everything we had to do, even if it was with Blockbuster, like we all, you know, were partners with Blockbuster and everybody had those same contacts. And it was just truly um, a reach that I've never found since I left. That's amazing. I'd say during your time, it was checking on Wayne and Marty. During my, my time, it was making sure Pam was happy. <laughs> True. Right. Right. Um, right. So, you, so you take your experience to the agency side, right? Working more for the clients at Octagon. What were some of the brands that you were hands-on with during that period? So mainly I was almost 100%, 99%, you know, Home Depot, which was an amazing time at, at that window of, of time for me was Bob Nardelli was the president and he was a huge sports fan. So he really understood the value of sports and partnerships. And so everything from NASCAR to College Game Day built by the Home Depot to this affinity paint program that we created in partnership with, with Glidden to relationships we had with the colleges, uh, USOC was a really impactful program um, for me, I thought, because it allowed the Home Depot to fund and provide jobs for uh, Olympic hopefuls. So they trained for half the time and then they worked at Home Depot for half the time. So they actually were, you know, allowing these athletes to follow their dreams. Um, what was interesting is that years later when I worked with Ronda Rousey, I went to her house for a, a Bud Light shoot and hanging on her banister was her Home Depot apron. Oh, so wow. she was part of the OJOP program way back when, and it was her Rhonda apron and she wore it and she hung it proudly years and years after. So I had to stop her. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you have that. You know, your name is familiar, obviously, but the fact that you're displaying that, you know, when you're a champion, it was just really impactful to me. So over time with the Home Depot, they had a change in leadership and they decided to get out of a lot of their sports partnerships 
And so at that time, I had been there about six years and, and realized that if they're going to start allowing a lot of these partnerships to expire, then clearly their team is going to get smaller. Um, we did do some really amazing things with their golf, their Home Depot Foundation program, and we held uh, about 16 golf tournaments that were fundraisers for City of Hope. And we did their grand openings and their store events. So we definitely grew the business quite a bit. Um, and I was hook, line, and sinker into Home Depot. Um, but over time, they, they let a lot of their deals expire. So what, I mean, what activation during that time would you say you were most proud of? So I was actually initially brought on to launch the Team Colors Paint program, which was that um, affinity program, basically. So we tied into all the team's properties leagues, the CLC, and we were able to promote and market the fact that you could paint your house Team Colors Paint, so or Team Colors PMS Colors, so you could cool. do an orange and green basement or um, a playroom or a kid's room or whatever. And so we did a really cool, uh, it was a PR stunt. We did a house divided promotion. So we actually picked out um, through fans that applied some house divided families. So Florida, Florida State, Alabama, Auburn, and we literally painted their houses house divided exterior paint through football season. And then they received a free Glidden exterior paint redo uh, as soon as the weather warmed up. So that was probably a really cool promotion that um, I could say I was part of. And then College Game Day built by the Home Depot obviously is is iconic and and is is such a smart program um, that I was in place before I joined joined Octagon. But the premise behind that was that how do you get to um, people that are getting ready to do their honeydew list for the weekend. So yep. it was, how do you capture that audience of homeowners um, Saturday mornings before they watch football for the rest of the, the afternoon and into Sunday, but how do you get them to get ready to get their honeydew list done? So it was almost like the subliminal message that if they're watching from 10 a.m. in the morning on Saturday, they're thinking about, oh, I got to change the air filters and we got to do some landscaping and we got to do some weeding and all of these things. So they run to Home Depot after college game day, they do their honey-do list, and then they sit back on the TV and wait for the night game. So that to me was, was pretty amazing. That seems, seems like a lot of awesome initiatives, but could you tell me <laughs> if there was anyone that you felt was like a, a complete dud? Um... It I nothing was really a dud. I, I thought that everything served its purpose. So, for example, a lot of the NASCAR initiatives that we did, um, you know, were really appealed to the NASCAR fan and the pro customer, the pro contractor that we were entertaining. Sure. So it was interesting to see them come out in drove to to watch, you know, Tony Stewart or Joey Logano. Um, but it was just interesting. I hadn't lived that life before. So NASCAR was a little bit new to me at the time, but the fandom, the fandom around that and the affinity towards the drivers was just unbelievable. So you mentioned new right after all this time with Octagon, you, know, you have a hodgepodge of experience at this point, you know, working, wearing many different hats. You take it to the UFC leading activation, which is a different experience for you at the time. And also a major international property, just growing leaps and bounds. Um, how did this opportunity arise? So I, I have to, you know, chalk that back up to my family in Florida because uh, I ended up getting scouted out by Mike Mossholder, 
who was at the Dolphins while I was at the Panthers. And while we never met, uh, we knew of each other. And, and again, it was that instant, instant connection. It's, it's a very interesting feeling when you meet any of those people that were there at that time that you know what you went through. You know that Wayne treated you right. You know who the leaders were. And so when, when we finally connected, it was almost like a no-brainer. He was looking for somebody that had team, team, or, uh, team or league experience, agency experience, and Fortune 500 company experience. And I had all three. So it was kind of the trifecta he was looking for. And it was really exciting for me to go to a property, again, not being a UFC fan or really um, ever even going to an event. Um, it was really more about the business of sport and knowing that this was a great opportunity and I could do that anywhere um, as long as I had this experience. So growing from a team property league and then into um, an agency role for one of the biggest retailers around, you know, really primed me for that opportunity. Have you had the opportunity to work with Mike or catch up with him now that he's overseeing the Haslam properties? I, I do. I talk to him very often. <laughs> So what was most, so, you know, UFC, what was most different about that opportunity? So the most different thing I, was the fact that they operate on this pay-per-view model, which was very new to me because the sports and things that I'd worked on were, were available to everybody and no charge typically. So understanding the pay-per-view model was very interesting. And then being there um, I got there in November, in August, and in November we signed the Fox deal. So all of a sudden we had this influx of like now we're on mainstream TV. This is our big break. Um, so I think that was really interesting. And then also the fact that um, you know so many different regions and cultures have different ways of doing business and really understanding what that looked like in Brazil or uh, London or um, the Middle East, like everything was, was just new to me, which I just was like soaking up every bit of it. Cause it was just, it was really interesting. And again, it provided a new challenge for me. So that, I mean, I guess that, you know, international diversity play would have been the most interesting part of it. Yeah, that, and just the whole pay-per-view model, like understanding how to, to, to really, you, we obviously were able to tier our events based on what, um, what they were featured on. So pay-per-view is obviously our tier one cream of the crop, and then you're on big box and then you're on FS1. So it allowed us to price accordingly and tier out how we, we drove our dollars. Yeah. And now you watch one event and it's on three different platforms at three different times. They tier it throughout the night for, uh, you know, and save the best right. matches for pay-per-view. It's really smart. Yeah. So, definitely. so now you're back to leading both sales and activation for all corporate partnerships at MGM currently, mm -hmm. MGM Resorts International. How has this role evolved, helped you evolve further? So I, I think by taking my experience from a team um, in a league and having very specific assets with the exception of digital, social, and content, because that is is infinite, right? Yep. But having a very specific set of assets to sell at the at my previous lives, now coming to MGM where the, it's it's so custom and unique, we can actually fit in any brand into our our ecosystem. You know, we can hit on um, typical signage, out of home, digital, email, database. Um, 
but having an opportunity to activate or do a product launch on the Brooklyn Bridge at New York, New York is really, really cool opportunity that I just didn't have before because it's basically like a mini times Times Square, right? I mean, you see tons of things going on in New York. We're just a, a much more efficient version of that because you're going to get when the world comes back to to what we all know, you're going to get those 47 million people walking down the strip, you know, throughout the year. And to have iconic Bellagio fountains and Lady Liberty is just it opens up my assets to to tons uh, of opportunity. So I've heard great things about working with Lance Evans, but other than that, what would you say you enjoy the most in this opportunity? You know, uh, John Shoemate, one of my one of my Florida friends, is now back working with me too on the brand side. So it's really great to have his point of view. Lance is amazing. George K. Uh, there are so many legends in the business that are here in Vegas and with MGM. Uh, the list is is really endless, and I'm learning so much about obviously hospitality and casino. Um, and then bringing uh, my expertise and, and you know, kind of key learnings from partnerships uh, with, with sports and sports teams to them. It's really exciting. Um, so many different stakeholders uh, to consider um, and learning the business is, again, it's a battleship and I'm used to being on a speedboat. So that's just different in and of itself. And, it's, uh, and this touches the other properties I've been to, right? Like Springfield and other markets? Mm -hmm. Yep, Springfield, we have uh, Detroit, we have National Harbor, we have Beau Rivage. Um, yeah, we, we have several, uh, basically what we call like what I call our East Coast Swing, and then we have International as well. I was lucky Hotel. to see Aerosmith last summer because of the MGM partnership. <laughs> so it was great to see him on the yep. East Coast and even you know, get back out there when he plays again. So you know, in the current climate, what would you consider the most challenging aspect? Um, I think that, you know, we have some really good deals on the, on the bubble right now. And I think most of them, obviously with 2020 as it is looking forward to 21 to really launch everything and hopefully get the traffic back to where it should be. I, I think that's the biggest challenge we have. And then our business right now is not back to where it demands our full staff. So our team is very lean right now. And so hopefully getting them back sooner than later will help us, you know, generate some more, some more business and, and activate. You know, that being said, who's an ideal client or partner for you at MGM? You know, it's really endless. Um, Cause we can be so creative. Um, we are really leveraging our sourcing um, and procurement team, because as you can imagine, we're one of the nation's biggest customers. So having brands trying to sell MGM something, we're really doing a good job of integrating with our sourcing team to get ahead of those. So if we are doing an RFP for soda or um, towers, <laughs> antenna towers, like everything from literally a consumer product to cleaning products to anything else, we're really getting involved with that process so we can really understand companies that want to do business with us, not just ask us for our business. So I don't want to call any one company out, but there's several. <laughs> but, uh, you know, coming from the team side, pay to play is very usual. So I'm sure it's uh, interesting doing it from an MGM and a, and a you know, international perspective. Yeah, and it's more it's it's more about the right partner and the right business partner. You know, we have millions and millions of customers and 
you know, to your point in the sports world, people pay a lot of money for, to access your sports and your fan base and your customer base. So we should be looking at it the same way. So it's, it's changing the mentality a little bit and it's not going to be done overnight, but we can chip away a little bit at it. And as much as, as of a powerhouse that MGM is, we can definitely get some wins out of that. And what are some new categories you find to be having success with since you've gotten to this role? So definitely with, with COVID, I mean, we've had some, some success around cleaning products. We've had some success around some sound and um, technology partners for sure. Um, so yeah, we're, and, and obviously we have some success, known success with beer and soda and some of the, you know, beverage partners. So. So um, on the side, while you're in Vegas, I know you like to be involved in a lot of different things. I know you've helped, you know, create a chapter of WISE. What does WISE stand for? So WISE is Women in Sports and Events. We have uh, our first international chapter in Toronto, but we have about 24 or 27 chapters. I think there were a few on the bubble that were starting in 2020, so I'm not sure if they're full if they're full on or not. But um, so women in sports and events is really uh, a, a group of, of chapters and women that want to empower others in the sports and events industry. I actually in Vegas always add entertainment because I feel like um, we're the entertainment capital of the world. So why not we, we should add them in there. But um, we're there to help, whether it's networking, career development, personal growth, connections and networking for jobs and and really preparing the youth and other people in, in the industry ready, you know, to take on uh, their next career move. And I guess with the opportunities growing and growing in Vegas, the chapter is only going to grow and grow. Yes, it is. We have about uh, probably 150 members strong, uh, which is great for a fairly new chapter. We're only two and a half years old. So we're really excited about that. And with everything going on with our industry, you know, we're all reaching out and, and, you know, giving a helping hand where we can. Lots of sharing of job opportunities and, and networking going on right now. And lots of Zooms like this. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time today to, to join you. Sports Equity and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Great. Thank you so much. If there's anyone out there that, you know, want some help or or just some some guidance i'm happy to to lend a ear awesome thank you brett awesome thanks so much brett thanks for listening to the sports equity podcast where we discuss the value that sports brings to business follow us for new episodes on a weekly basis see you next time